Okay, good evening. We're going to learn tonight the discourse. This week is Parsha Shalach. So this is on the Kuti Torah, page 76. Um, the, um, so this is, this is a um, mimer. Shalach has a lot, of, a lot of discourses. And uh, we've already reached a point where so many weeks we don't have any discourses to learn in, in Lakuti Torah because we've done them in the past. Um, not that we can't learn it again, but I like to get as much as I can recorded. Uh, but Pasha Shalach has a bunch of memorim, and therefore this is one that we haven't learned yet. Now my confession is that I didn't prepare this whatsoever. I'm learning this with you for the first time literally. Literally, 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 I didn't prepare this. I hate giving a class that's not prepared. Um, I, I knew I wanted to teach this, but I was on a plane and I I was looking for this mimer in another version because it's hard to schlep a Lakuti Torah. It's a very big book. So it's easier to take the smaller books on the plane. So I did learn and prepare another mimer from the Tzemach Tzedek on the words, but it's not the same mimer, but I'm sure I think they probably overlap. So I prepared another discourse, but I don't want to learn that. I want to learn this one. We're not going to learn the whole thing this week, especially since I didn't prepare it. So we're going to learn half. And then Be'ezus Hashem, it's going to be a shorter class tonight. And then Be'ezus Hashem, next week we're going to have the prepared version. This is the unprepared, raw version. Okay, here we are. And now let the name of Aleph Dalet Nun Yud become great, like you spoke, saying, God, Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking to Hashem when God is threatening the Jewish people to annihilate them. And Moshe Rabbeinu is evoking the 13 attributes of mercy. And in his statement of evoking the 13 attributes of mercy, he says, and now let the power of the power of Hashem, or the power of the Shekhinah, which is become strong. Like you have spoken, saying, Hashem erech hapayim. God, you are patient to get angry. So he, in the introduction to, um, to the 13 attributes of mercy, he says, and now may the koach of Hashem become ex- expanded, yigdal, it should become great, the koach of Hashem. The goimer, and he, he, obviously the questions over here don't have to be asked. What does this mean? Let the power of Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud become great. What does that mean? And why is that the introduction to Hashem, Erech, Apayim? I would assume those are probably what's bothering him. He doesn't present any questions. He goes immediately into an explanation. It says in the Pasuk, it says that today we're here in this world to do. We're here in this world to do mitzvahs. That means our life is all about doing mitzvahs, not about reward, not about experience. Experience is olam haba. Experiencing what? Experiencing any even spiritual light and, 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 and connection to God and the ecstasy and the bliss that comes along with it and the deep, powerful emotions that come along with it of love and fear and all that elements and awe, that's all belonging mainly, primarily to the world to come. Our avoda now is deed, action. The doing of mitzvahs. For Amr Azam, the sages say even more than that, not only does this come to exclude spiritual experience, but it also comes to exclude even Torah study. That even though we learn Torah as well every minute, but the, the main reason why we're here is not for the Torah study. 
the main reason why we're here is for the mitzvah observance. As the sages also say, Lo ha medrash ikar, medrash is not the main thing, meaning Torah study is not the main thing, but only deed. And the whole reason why the sages tell us when they had a question, which one is greater? Is Torah study greater or mitzvah observance greater? And the sages say, Torah study is greater. Oh. So what are we saying over here that the main thing is deed? The sages say Torah study is greater. But in that very statement, they say, why is Torah study greater? Because it leads to action. It leads to deed. So again, you see that the reason why Torah study is greater is because it's going to get you to do more deed. So that itself tells you that the deed is greater and action is greater. And Talmud is extra great that it brings to action. Now, in addition to that, we also have in Zohar, in which he speaks in a wondrous manner. The Zohar praises and speaks in very, very great terms in regards to the praise of the deed of a mitzvah. How great the action of a mitzvah is. And it says in Levushin that the mitzvahs are called the garments. And when a person is lacking a garment, have a levusha chasira, then they're lacking a garment. When they're lacking a mitzvah, they're lacking a garment. That means that the neshama needs, why are we here in this world? For our, in terms of our own neshama. We're here in the world to do something for God. Fine. Given. For, and what benefit is there to the soul? The soul, when it comes down over here, through the mitzvahs that it does, acquires garments. We're here to dress our neshama up for the great revelations that are going to be in the, in the, in the tomorrow. Today's days is getting his, today's days is preparation, and tomorrow is the feast, is the big ball, the big whatever. And for that, you have to be dressed appropriately. And the mitzvahs are what garb the neshama with the right attire and with the right clothing to be able to come to that great experience. So again, what, it doesn't say Torah study. It's mitzvah observance is that give the neshama garments. And that's why we, this is so serious that if a person, for whatever reason, was lax in their observance and not, not diligent in doing every mitzvah that comes their way, then the neshama is going to have to re-enter this world. It's going to have to be reincarnated again so that it can pick up the mitzvahs that it, filled, what it, that it had missed in the previous Gilgal. And that's why neshama has come now many times, recycled many times. Most of us who have been around the block a couple of times already. And the reason for that is because if we miss the mitzvah, we come back to pick up another mitzvah. All the 613 mitzvahs, because they compose the amount of garments that we need. And more than that, every person has to come down once as a Kohen and a Levi. Wow, I feel like such a loser. I only came down as a Kohen right now. It took me so long. Everybody else was a Kohen before already. <laughs> it seems to me that you come, everybody has to be a Kohen and a Levi. So I walk around all proud, look at me, I'm a Kohen. Yeah, I'm the last Kohen. It's already, we're already right before Mashiach comes. So everybody else must have been Kohanim already in the earlier generations. Okay, that's nice to know. Elias is Kayin Valevi Gamkin. You have to come down as a Kohen and a Levi also. So that you can do the mitzvahs that are dependent on a Kohen and a Levi. And they have their mitzvahs. Ulahavin calls in to understand all the above. How do garments come from the deeds of mitzvahs? Why do the act of a mitzvah create a garment? What is the connection? Why is the mitz? Why does um, 
Um, what, what does the relationship of an action of a mitzvah have to do with, 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 with garments? What is the idea of this garment? Why does Neshama need to have a lavush, a garment, in the first place? Why what does a Bechlal need a lavush, a garment? What's the content of these garments? What is it all about? Obviously, it's not a physical garment. Um, and then why does the Neshama need a garment? And obviously, the Neshama was doing pretty well without a garment before it came down here. Then it begins to come down into this world to acquire garments, which are mitzvahs. Why is that so important? So, Now, we had discussed this at a great length in the famous Mimer, which we learned in the past, where it says that Avram aged, Avram Zakin, he came in his days. And the Zohar says that what does it mean he came in his days? He came with all of his garments. Every day he acquired another garment. The days are the garments. The mitzvahs that we do in the days of our life, they become the garments. And Avram didn't have a wasted day. Or a, or a wasted hour. Everything was accounted for. Everything was utilized. So in that mimer, it discusses at great length why the neshama needs a garment. And here as well, we'll talk about this. That the descent of the soul into this world, the neshama comes down in this world for the sake of an elevation. Because when the neshama was, before it came into this world, the neshama was in a state of a stationary being. We learned about this last week, how the work of the, last week we spoke about the three Levites, the, the Kahas, Merari, and, and uh, Gershon. And we spoke that Merari were the ones who carried the beams, and the beams are stationary entities. They stand in one place. But that was, we said, the work of B'nai Merari. But the real avoda, the real higher service of a Jew is when we do the work of B'nai Gershon and B'nai Kahas, as we spoke last week, which that makes you into a mahalech. It makes your neshama into a journeyer. The neshama doesn't stay remaining stationary, st- remaining limited in one level. The neshama can move on to all inf- to the infinite, an endless, a- endless elevation. So the same is also we're saying before neshamas come into this world, even though they're living in a very, very special place in Gan Eden, and they have a lot of light, but they're still called um, 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 standing. They stand in one place. And that's the point of a neshama coming into this world to become a mover, right? To hit the road. As it says in the pasuk, I will make for you, I will place you as mobile beings between these that stand in one place. Meaning, who are the ones who stand in one place? Referring to both angels are considered stationary beings, and also neshamas before they come into this world, they're also called stationary beings. And how, what makes the neshama, what gives the neshama the, the power to move and to become a real mahalich, which means to rise infinitely. It's dafka, through the fulfillment of the mitzvahs in this world. That's when the neshama becomes a mahalich. The neshama can start moving. You become a mahalich. It's primarily through mitzvahs. Interesting, last week we learned that you're not a mahalich as long as you're hanging out in the mamalakalaman. Mamalakalaman means God's investment into this world in which he invests his light in accordance to the creations, in accordance to the recipients. Everybody, in according, everybody with a measured energy. If your relationship to God is only tapping into that dimension, then you're not a mahalich because you remain fixed within the parameters and within the limitations of a... Of a, of a of a, fi- a finite creation. To become a mahalich, you have to touch the soviv kalam. 
What's the soul wave? The soul wave is the infinite light of God that has not been reduced or adjusted or adapted to the creation, but it remains in all of its potency and all of its in, 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 infinity and, in, and it in, in, in envelops all of existence. It, it remains bigger than the world. And last week we spoke that that's the idea of ratzon, of will. Just like in a person's body, we have all kinds of powers of the soul, and each power of the soul is measured and compatible with a particular limb and a particular organ that fits that power of the soul. But then there is something much bigger than the powers of the soul, and that is the willpower. The willpower envelops every limb and every organ, and it's everywhere equally, because it's you yourself. It's not a particular element of you. Will is an expression of you. What I want, what the very you wants. And so we say, so last week we learned, that's the idea of Gershain versus Merari. Merari remains in the world of intellect, which is limited, and Gershain gets into willpower, right? So we learned, interesting, that, and by us activating our willpower and our service of Hashem, we connect to God's will, to Hashem's Ratzon. And if you remember, in the parentheses, it wasn't in the main Maima, but in the parentheses, I think from Magaz of the Tzemach Tzedek, he mentions, and how do you connect to that Ratzon HaElyon, the supernal will? It's through mitzvahs. Because mitzvahs are God's essential will. So by channeling, by doing mitzvahs, you tap into the Soivev Kalalman, to the Soivev Kalalman, and that's primarily responsible for making you a Mahalech, to make your Neshama a goer. You don't get that from Torah study. Because Torah study comes from God's brains, not from God's will comes from Hashem's mind. And Hashem's mind is already the beginning of the Mamale Kalalman. It's the beginning of, the, of, the fi, of, the, of Hashem adapting Himself to the finitude of to, to finite existence. But, but Dafka, a mitzvah, connect us to the Soviv. Okay. And he explains, now it continues. So, and he's going to explain why through the fulfillment of mitzvahs in this world do we access this power to become a Mahalach. He says, because what does it mean standing? Standing in front of God is also a big thing. Eliyahu Hanavi says, Chai Hashem, I swear by God, I stood before Him. So He says, Amadati, I stood in front of Hashem. Standing in front of God, that's a very, very big deal. It's also a madrega, a very high madrega. But what's the problem with standing? Standing means you remain generally within the same context. Why? Because your service of Hashem is, might be with all, with everything you have. You serve God with all you've got. And you're using b'chol avavcha, you're serving Him with all your heart. All your emotion is being poured into the service of Hashem. That's pretty awesome. Because most of us serve Hashem primarily a little bit more mechanically. So to really get your emotions into it. But really getting our emotions into, into Hashem, that's b'chol, v'haftas Hashem alokecha, love God your God, b'chol levavcha, with all your heart. Not only with all your heart, b'chol nafshech, with all your being, all your soul. But still, you've given it all you've got. You're not giving it beyond what you have. And then b'chol ma'odecha means to give God all your might, means even more than what you have. Tap into your makifim. Get a whole, connect to your encompassing energy. The part of you that's the part of your soul that's not even contained within your body. It's bigger than your body, higher than your internalizing powers. And tap into that and ser- that makes you a goer. So as long as you're serving Hashem only with your internalizing, with the elements of you that is that is within you know, we call nefesh ruach neshama, that's within the body, that you're still a omeh. That's what he says over here. is to serve Hashem even, that's the Khidish. Even if you're beyond beyond all your heart, you're ready with all your soul. 
And the reason for that is because the, even if it's Bechol Nafshecho with all your being, your love and your fear is still Mugbelas, it's still limited. Why is it limited? Because the rule is that nothing can be stronger than the cause that caused it. An effect can never be stronger than the cause that caused it. Okay, if you have a cause and effect, so if I'm throwing a ball, so the ball will fly only commensurate with the power that I, I ejected when I threw that ball. Okay, and that's, that, that, that power is carrying the ball. So the effect is the ball flying. It's flying from the power that I released. So it can't be more than what I've released. Okay, so every effect can't be bigger than the cause. If I have an emotion, there's always, emotion means an excitement. I get excited, but there's something exciting me. What's exciting me? There's something driving the emotion. So we know in Hasidus all the time. It's a certain recognition. It's a certain realization. I have a certain cognition, certain intellectual, whatever it is, I'm using my mind, I have a certain realization about the awesomeness of God and the awesomeness of His Torah and the awesomeness of His mitzvahs and I want to get closer to Him. Now the emotion can never be bigger than the, the cause that affected it. What was the cause that it had created? It was a certain realization. Now the realization has to do with my understanding. And being that I'm a human being with a finite mind, so my understanding is how much? How much can I understand of an infinite God? Only a very tiny little sliver, only a little, little bit of what I understand, whatever my mind can conceive, which is a tiny little drop. Therefore, the emotion that comes from it is, isn't any bigger than that, than that. Meaning, being that my understanding is limited, so the emotion coming from it is also limited. So the service of Hashem is going to be with limitation. According to the limit of the soul's grasp, and it's dveikus in the living God. And therefore it's limited. But I need mitzvahs, that's when I need mitzvahs, because mitzvahs take me beyond myself. The Indian, and the idea is to understand this a little better. Angels are also called stationary beings. Like it says, even about the highest malachim, there's no greater malachim than, than srafim. Srafim oimdim, that the srafim stand in one place. Lefisha oimdim kol yemeyim, because they stand all their life. Madrega achas on one level. Michael ba'ava, Michael stands with love. And all of his life he's, 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 he's experiencing intense love. Gavriel b'yira, Gavriel serves God with fear. Va'ava v'yira, and how much love and how much fear do they have? Lefi erechas egasam, according to their grasp according to their appreciation of Hashem's greatness. Which this hasaga, which their grasp is in the infinite light, that fills all worlds. They appreciate, they see the vastness of creation, and they realize that there is this power emanating from God, driving all of existence and all of creation. And they're baffled by the enormity of it. He fills all worlds with according to its level and according to its character. And just like the Malachim have the grasp in God's investment, you know, what do they appreciate? They see the enormity of existence and, and, and they realize that there is a divine power imbuing it, imbued in it to create it, to sustain it, to make it, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're awed by it. But that's a finite energy. You hear? It's a finite energy. Because it's a finite, it's a finite universe, a finite existence. So their appreciation of God is also limited. And so is the quality of neshamas 
before they come into this world, neshamas have the same, the same level of understanding like malachim. The neshama also comprehends God's energy that flows into the universe. And therefore the neshama stands, the neshama stands all the day in one level, according to its, its um, madrega, according to its level and its character in every world, according to what it is. Meaning, depending where the neshama stands. A neshama that is, before it comes into this world, is a neshama of yetzira, has a much lesser understanding than a neshama of the world of Bria. Because the, the, in Bria, you have a far greater, it's, the whole experience is far, um, it's vast in comparison to, to Yetzirah, which is so much less. So depending where the neshama is, everyone according to her, in each world, according to what she, it is, so the neshama receives from the mamala, from the indwelling light of God, that is filling that world with, with, that, with, 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 uh, with a life flow. According to its quality, and according to its character. But in our world, the whole story is different. This is all true until the neshama comes down into our physical world. Once the neshama descends and lands in this physical world, and it lands in in the world of action, over here is where, here's one place where the neshama, where a person can break out of nature. That's the uniqueness of this world. In every world, everything is stuck within a certain framework. And that's the way you are, that's the way you are. And everything you receive in that world is according to your character and according to your nature. For instance, Michael cannot serve God with fear. He doesn't have it within him. Because the nature, the composition of his soul, the, the anatomy of, of his body, Malachim also have some kind of a body, is made out of kindness. And therefore he doesn't understand severity and, and te- the, the gavura. He doesn't relate to him. So he can't serve God with fear. He can only serve God with love. Gavriel is stuck in fear. He doesn't understand what kind of serving of Hashem in, in trembling and awe, but he doesn't understand what it means to serve God with love and longing. He doesn't have that. He just has dread, Gavriel. And so it is with Neshamis. The, the place where you are, that's where you are. You're fixed. The only place where we can change everything is when we come down to physicality. Dafka, the physical world, has that ability. A person is able to change his character. From bad to good. And to convert his heart. From one extreme to another extreme. And over here is the only place where we can convert darkness to light. The only place where we can actually convert darkness to light. And why is that? Why is this world a place where we can do, we can do the impossible? And the reason for that is like this. In all worlds, there is some level of revelation. In every world, in every world, there is some level of revelation of how much God is revealed in that world. And every, in every world, according to what it is, in each world there is some bit of, revel- of revelation. When we get down to our world, the indwelling light of Hashem is completely dimmed out. To how much? To zero. See, the Mamala Kalaman gets dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. The higher the world is, the more light there is. 
The lower the worlds evolve, the less light, the less light. Till we get to our world, totally dim, dark, no light at all. It's absolute darkness. So there's no light of Mamala Kalaman over here. The indwelling light of God is not felt over here. In our world, in order to perceive God, you have to meditate. You have to think, you have to probe, you have to investigate, you have to research. And a person can choose his entire life. A person can make a choice to ignore God all their life. It's possible. Because our world, Hashem is completely shrouded and hidden. As he says, The Mamalakalaman is not an option over here to experience the field because it's concealed. The Enam is doesn't reveal itself down here as it is above. But precisely because there is no revelation of the Mamalakalaman, of the indwelling light, it's precisely because of that that there is a greater presence and accessibility. I shouldn't say presence but a greater accessibility to the Sovev Kalam, to the infinite light. Where there is Mamale light, I don't know if it's because we get caught up in the Mamale and you get distracted by it, so it doesn't occur to you to look for the Sovev light. I'm not exactly sure the reason for that, but what he seems to be saying, as I mentioned earlier, I did not, I'm learning this mimer with you here for the first time, so I really don't know what's gonna be on the next line, but I'm, I'm, I'm just working with what we have now so far is he's saying what we get from now is that the it's interesting the mamalik kalaman light the light the life force of hashem that fills the worlds with a limited light ends up being a distraction of not allowing you to see the infinite light of god that's encompassing all of existence that's as long as you're living in a world of light but when you come into worlds of darkness so then there's no more light so then being that there's no so there's no distraction and when there's no distraction, I mean, of course there is distraction. Distraction is from Yitzhahara and from, but there's nothing godly, put it this way. I think I'm gonna make a, an interesting, uh, put it this way. <laughs> interesting. I know something really interesting is gonna, is gonna was, was, was formulating and I was just like, whoa, whoa, hold it. There is no godliness to distract us from God. You hear that? Let's do that again. There is no godliness to distract us from God. In, in a higher world, they're, they're filled with godliness. And because they're so occupied with godliness that they miss God. Because they're caught up with godliness. But in our world where there's no godliness, so you're forced to encounter God himself. Dafke, in the darkness, you get to the, to the Hashem himself. In heaven, they get caught up with all of God's qualities. This quality, that quality, that quality. That's not Hashem. These are qualities. But over here, we have Hashem himself because there are no qualities. It's like the difference that they, it's similar, just to give a little idea, it's like one of the big Mikubalim, one of the early Mikubalim, said that when I, because everybody was explaining what the kavanot they have during davening. And you know, you can have kavanot, you can have endless kavanot. There's so many different um, permutations and meditations you can do in the various different parts of davening. But one of the greatest of the great said, when I pray, I pray like a child. When I say Barachat Hashem, I'm saying like a child says Barachat Hashem. A child says, blessed are you God, God is God, there's nothing else. Once you start learning and knowing and understanding, then you get caught up with this, this represents this name of Hashem, or this, this name of Hashem, and this quality and that quality, and you're, and, and you're losing the forest because of the trees. You get caught up in the details. But when you don't, because you don't have the details, so then you have the very, the very, the very Abishter himself. 
And that's what, he's, that's what I think he's saying. So dafka because down here there's so much concealment and there's no revelation. So over here the soviv kalamen dwells. The soviv kalamen, of course, it's makif. I mean, it's being that it's soviv, it's infinite, so it can't be internalized. So it remains makif. It remains encompassing on the soul. But how do you connect to that makif? How do you draw that infinite light? How do you connect to it? Through an act of a mitzvah. Because a mitzvah grabs that, that oyer, the oyer in soif, and attaches itself to the person, still in a manner of makif, but that's the idea that it becomes your garment. What's a garment? A garment is clothing that goes around you. It's soviv, it surrounds you. But you can be living your life in this world, wallowing in the soviv kalalman, living within the soviv, and never touch it, and never make it part of you. By not doing a mitzvah, chas v'shalem, you're not taking that soviv and attaching itself. But when you're doing a mitzvah, so you're connecting to that soviv, connecting it to your body, connecting it to who you are, so when you leave this world, the neshama comes with these garments of soviv kalalman, and they empower the neshama to go on infinite. Understand? Because mamala kalalman is not infinite. Mamala kalalman is Hashem as He's registering to the creation. So as long as someone's service to Hashem is only within the mamalis, we said earlier, you're still a stationary being, like angels. Angels are also. They're, they're living in worlds of light, and they remain stuck in the, in the light. But only, and then they miss the infinite light. And only in Hashem, in this world, when we can do a mitzvah, that's when we grab the soviv kalalman and surround ourselves with it. And like we say, how do we know that only in our world can we get to God's very self? Well, we say we say it in the Shema. It will be these words, these mitzvahs. That I command you today. And what, what does I mean? I means my very I. Who I really am. Not my qualities. Not my emanations. Not my light. Not my attributes. Anochi. Me. Who I really am. Metzavcha. I am bonding with you. The word metzavcha means commandment, but it also means attachment. I am become attached to you when Hayom. Hayom is referring to in this world. Only as you're incarnated in a physical body do you have an opportunity. And every moment the life is ticking, as the clock ticks, grab mitzvahs. There's nothing as powerful as a mitzvah. Which is the level of a which is the nimshach, it's drawn when only during the time of Hayom. Only during the time in the world of Asiya, when we're here today, we can do the mitzvahs. A long explanation on this, that the sovev is more accessible in the physical world, is explained in the Maimar and Pashas Pinchas. We learned it a few years ago. Over there he also explains why, an amazing thing. Once a neshama leaves the body, it, and it, a neshama in heaven, it takes it years and years and years and years to travel through the various different levels. If it's first, for instance, if a neshama needs to go to Gehenna, it's a slow process of cleansing and cleansing. And okay, we hope that you know it says that a Jew is not generally even the wicked don't stay in Gehenna more than a year. Okay, so the, but that's a slow process of cleansing and purging. But then you come out of Gehenna, you're not right away in a world of light. Slowly, slowly, and it takes years and years as it moves to the lower Gan Eden and higher and higher and higher and higher. It's a very slow process. Only when we're, but when we're physically alive in this world, a person can become from one moment being the most wicked human being possible. And if he does tshuva, and a tshuva really is just a thought in the heart, a thought in the mind. 
one hero truly becomes a tzaddik gomer, becomes a complete tzaddik. Radical transformation, metamorphosis, only in the physical. Why? Because, because only here can we access the soul wave. And the soul wave, therefore, it can cause a person to move with an infinite, an infinite leap. You can't do that in a world where the mamala kalama dominates. Mamale, everything fits. Everything fits the vessel. The vessel and the lights are, 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 and therefore it's a process. The vessel has to expand slowly, slowly, slowly. Refinement, purification, elevation, expansion. It's a very, very, very tedious and endless process. But when you can tap into the Soviet Kalam, it's the infinite light of God that is equal everywhere. You can come from the lowest level to the highest level in an instant. It's the power of this world. And it is so great, the power of the Oyer HaMakif, of the encompassing light, which is the Soviet Kalam, that it can cause a change. And you can turn around the nature of a person. And it's very substance. Much more than what the person could comprehend with his understanding. With your understanding, you're limited. But when you're dealing with a power that's beyond your understanding, an infinite power, that's able to transform the human being from here to, 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 like to move it to infinite heights. And much more than the Nishama's own dveikus, that it can cleave to God, from the beginning of its creation, from this internal light alone. If you remember last week, we had a similar discussion, that the quality of Gershon over, over Merari, we learned last week, is that when you have willpower, which is the sovev, same idea, sovev is related to will, a person can break their nature. And do, like we said, the Ratzon has the power to force your foot into boiling hot water that, you know, mitzah, the nature of your foot you would never do. Only Ratzon has that power to override one's natural existence. So on, on here he's talking, however, on a cosmic scale. When you touch the Soviet Kalam light and energy and connect to it through the deed of a mitzvah, the ability is, the sky is not the limit. There is no limit. There's no limit to the elevation, which would not be the case through a person's own internalizing, this is really primarily sometimes discussed also, the difference between the Avos and us. The Avos were much greater tzaddikim than us, but they were far more limited than we were, than we are. And we are, we have so much greater power than, our, than Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Why? Because they didn't have mitzvahs yet. So they were working all with their internalizing, their entire growth was all through their mind, through their understanding. So it was all within the limitations of, of a human being. Once God gave us the Torah, God gave us, God gave us godly things. That's the difference. Well, it's all in Hashem's power. He gave us things that are, that's His, it's Him. And this is what gives us that ability. Now this radiance that comes in a manner of makif and soivit kalalman and encompassing worlds, that's called going. If you tap into that, that energy that makes the neshama into a mahalich. It's able to move the neshama from tr- with a true, on a true journey from level to level. And to draw down this or makif, it's not enough being physically alive in this world. You have to do Torah mitzvahs. It's dependent in the fulfillment of Torah mitzvahs, the study of Torah and primarily mitzvah observance, which accesses the makif. And this is why we also says in the Pasuk, 
If in my statues, you will go. So what does that mean? If you keep my mitzvahs, you will become a mover. You will move infinite. I'm giving you the ability to move on end without an end. Through the laws of the Torah, it causes the neshama to become a mahalech, to become an infinite goer. Which leads the neshama to the love that's beyond its, its limitations. We said earlier, which means with all your emotion, with all your heart. Which means with all your being. means with more than what you have. So how do you have more than what you have? Well, you tap into this godly, infinite light that's everywhere that gives you, you can love God with more than what you have. And it's interesting. The sages say, means with all your money. So how does it fit with this intense love of God and say with all your money? Because that's where it's learning. To tap into this light, you need to do mitzvahs. And money provides a person the ability to do mitzvahs. Tzedakah. The main mitzvah of all mitzvahs is tzedakah. This, this, this love of if we are going to attain this love kind of through our work, really this love comes primarily in a manner of segula. Segula means you do mitzvahs and you're enabling your neshama to feel this love. But just by doing the mitzvah itself without opening yourself, your soul up to this love, you're not going to feel it. So you'll have to do some kind of a meditation to help you sense that. In other words, you're connecting to it when you do the mitzvah. When you go and you help someone out, you go visit the sick, you go and help a person, um, you give someone who needs a ride, you give them a ride, you do a tzedakah, whatever it is, any mitzvah you do. So when you're doing a mitzvah, you're connecting to this energy. But, it's, but if you want it to be that you should be able to love God with that energy. It shouldn't be, remain completely makif. You shouldn't only discover it after 120 when you leave the body. You want to actually feel that energy while you're alive also, that boundless, infinite energy. You need to do a meditation as well. But the meditation itself has to be meant, has to be um, commensurate with this energy. So what are you meditating on? You're not meditating on God's indwelling energy. You meditate on the very idea that God envelops all of existence. As he says, this love comes from the contemplation in the, in the light of God that is so vave, it encompasses all worlds. But here's the catch. If you're not doing a mitzvah, if you don't do any mitzvahs, and you just meditate, so you can meditate from today to tomorrow, you're not going to reconnect to that energy. You're just going to be meditating about it, but you're not gonna, it's not going to enter into you. But if you did mitzvahs, and then you meditate, so then this soivev kalalman, this bachol, will, 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 then this element of your neshama will become visible, will, 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 will um, reveal itself to you, your encompassing powers. And the soivev kalalman, and this will, this comes from the contemplation, in the blessings of the shema, when do we do that? By the two blessings of the shema, which they help us keep and fulfill the shema. As we say over there, you illuminate the world and with God's goodness. He, um, he um, in, 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 um, renews every single day. The work of creation. He's going to explain now what the meditation is. He's explaining now what's the meditation. 
Because all the worlds and all the creations, all the worlds and all the creations are only considered by God in action and physical deed. How great are your actions? You've made them all with wisdom. But the emphasis over here that it's all considered only an action to Hashem. And it says that God renews them. What does it mean he renews them? Renews them literally means he brings them from non-beingness into being. And the emphasis over here is that one's contemplation is not in the awesomeness of God's power that he can create this creation. It's from taking it a step deeper and understanding that the entire energy that God has invested to create and to bring this world into existence continuously, this massive, endless, unbelievable creation that is so, so magnificent, all of this is only being created from a tiny little ray of Him and not, a, not God Himself. God Himself is not at all invested in this process of creating this magnificent, infinite world. From a tiny little ray. And it's not that God is investing himself. In which Hashem himself is lowering himself down to be the cause to the effect and so on. Because Hashem himself because Hashem himself remains removed and above and transcendent. That's the theme. He's, tra- he's trying to show you how in davening you can experience this love. The love of B'chol Decha. The love, this explosive love, more than what your soul can bear. Why? Because you have to meditate how God is really beyond His creation. And that's the theme, what we talk about before the Shema. Because in order to get to the Shema, to this experience. So we say first, we speak about how Hashem renews all of existence every second. He brings it. But then we say, The king who is exalted, Levada alone. That means creation is not even, creation is not, draining him, not draining his energy even one iota, because he's alone. To him it's as, it's, it's, it's as if creation never happened. And it's only a ray of him that is imbued in the creation, sustaining, empowering all, all of the galaxies and the endless universe. All is being created only by a ray. He's exalted alone. He's completely exalted above from the whole concept of worlds. Exactly as it was before God created the world. There's no difference than before God created and after the creation. It didn't change in any way. The creation isn't exhausting him even one bit, even draining him one bit, because to him it's as if the creation never happened. Just like he was alone, just like there was nothing to say, that nothing was gnashing from him. Or, or deriving energy before he began the process to create, before Bereshis Bara Lakim, before creation happened. We know that he, Levade, who God alone is, there's nothing, there's nothing to tire him or to nothing that he is sustaining. That. So the same as after he created the world, he remains exactly the same. Without any change. And he is above the days of the world. And the life force that, is in, that expands into the world. It's only his attribute of kingship. By calling himself a king, that's what's sustaining them. Like it says, His kingship is the kingship of all worlds. It's only the attribute, the emphasis, it's only only your kingship, which is the lowest and the most nether. It's considered an outer ray of him 
That's, that, that's sustaining the world. And then when we realize, when we, when we meditate on that, so that, what does that bring us? That brings us that all of creation is absolutely nothing compared to God Himself. And therefore what happens? We recognize what kind of, what kind of pitiful state we're in. How we're living in such nothingness. And therefore we say, what's the next? We follow what's the next blessing in the Shema. We say, Ahavas Olam, the great love you've loved us. In other words, you, you, what we're really saying is like this. Take a look. There is creation. And to creation, God is really not giving much of himself. Nothing actually. As awesome as the creation is, God hasn't given anything of himself to it. But to us, you've loved us with an everlasting love. And you had and you have mercy on us, and you allowed us to access you yourself through Torah and mitzvahs. That's what the second blessing is, Ahavas Olam, all about the same belibeinu, bina, lahavin, lahaskil, lishmoya, lilmo, lalame, lishmor, velasos, ulakayim, it's called, because through that, we are bond with you yourself. have mercy on us. Since God is exalted from the days of the world, he's not at all within the context of world, because he envelops and, and, and encompasses all worlds. So the, it is a very, very great, the world is in a very, very pitiful state. The world is nebach. The Rachmanis is very big on the person. The person has become physical and is distant from God with utter distance. And we're saying, What does that mean? Master of our strength. Even though the infinite light is not grasped and not niklat, um, it's not absorbed inside the soul. For the soul to become completely laden with this love and this nullification. Meaning, even though I can't really, really, really get you, God, I don't really, it's not really registering who you really are, because we said earlier, you transcend everything. So therefore, I don't really, 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 but still I understand, you're the master of our strength. What does that mean? This is Hashem's kingship. Adon is the same idea of king. King. Put upon you a king. What we're saying is like this. I realize how untouchable God is. How beyond He is. I would, and I realize how pathetic all of existence is. And I can't stand my distance that I have. I want to attach myself to you. But as long as I am a finite being, I cannot do that. It can't be. So I realize that even though I can't really get you and become you, want to be one with you, I can't yet do that, but I can wrap myself in you. I can't internalize you as long as I'm still finite, but I can wrap myself in your light. And that's the idea is I can have you as a melech, melech meaning above me, and same tasa melech, I can... Pl- by obeying your commandments. And we draw down three makifs to the neshama. I can dress myself in your infinite light, in my thought, in my speech, and in my action. Through the three garments of the soul. Doing mitzvahs. 
Vizau, and this is the meaning of Tsur, the three Makifim. What are the three Makifim? We say first, Adoin Uzenu. You are the master of our strength. Meaning through you being a master, through you being a king upon me, you're giving me power. What kind of power? Infinite power. Uzenu, real power. Oh, it's going to come in a manner of three makifim. A makif of thought, a makif of speech, and a a makif of action. And that's what we say in the next three words. Tzur mizgabenu. Tzur means my rock, mizgabenu of my shield. That's that's a makif. My shield, like a shield goes around the... Like an armor that goes around the person. Magen Yeshenu. Magen Yeshenu is um, also the same idea of a shield. Magen is a shield. Mizgabenu then is, oh I'm sorry. Tzur the strength, Mizgabenu of my fortress. It's a fortress. Fortresses, right? Magen the shield, Yeshenu of our salvation. Mizgav, which means again fortress, Badenu for us. So you see three levels of Hashem being. It's all surrounding me. See, these are all, because a fortress, a shield, these are all things that surround the person protecting him. Kitsur hulashen machse. Because tzur also means like some kind of a shelter. Like it says, tzur uzi, the strength, the, the rock of my strength, machsi, my shelter. Vechein magein, mizgav, magein and mizgav, these are also, so we have three things, tzur, Magain and Mizgav. These are all different types of shields. They are makif, the three. We access them through the three and make them makif in, in thought, speech, and action. When we do mitzvahs in thought, speech, and action, which bring in our makif to the three parts of our neshama, nefesh ruach neshama. Nefesh is enclosed through the action of the mitzvah. Ruach is enclosed through the speech of the mitzvah, and, and um, neshama is enclosed through the machshava of the mitzvah. It's enclosed with this or makif, with this infinite light, enabling the neshama to go on and become an infinite mahalech, to, infinite, to, to, to rise infinitely. Keneged, and this corresponds to the three worlds. Keneged gimel b'chines, barasiv, yitzartiv, afasisiv. I've created it, I formed it, and I've also made it. Thought, speech, and action. Shemakifim as nefesh ruach and neshama, which they encompasses, encompass the nefesh, the ruach, and the neshama. Mekold sad from every side lehiskalil for the neshama to melt in, to merge. Ba'orin saif baruchu in the infinite light, God Himself mamish liyos tzeruda for the neshama to be wrapped b'tzeruda rachayim with the wrapping of light. As Hashem mamish, literally to become wrapped in God. Your tzedakah will go in front of you. The glory of God. What do you see? And the glory of God will gather you in. It means your tzedakah, which means your deed of a mitzvah, will walk before you, which means it will make you into a walker. And the glo- by doing what? Because the glory of God, the or makif, will gather you in. Pirishadei mitzvah tzedakah through the mitzvah of tzedakah shetasa that you will do tianesaf you will be absorbed v'nikpatz and gathered in b'toich b'chinas kvoid Hashem into the glory of God sheyasov oischach letoichoi he will envelop you into him lehiskalel ba'ir Hashem amish to become subsumed in the light of God literally 
They become integrated into him. Every makif is what elevates. And this is the idea. Remember we asked in the beginning, we said mitzvahs create garments for the soul. We asked what is the idea of these makif, of these garments? What does the neshama need garments? And the answer is, because without the garments, the neshama will always remain fixed and limited. And this gives the neshama the ability to become part of an infinite God. The garments of the soul in And this lavush happens through mitzvahs. Just like we said, we receive three makifim, thought, speech, and action. So mitzvahs also have three levels, machshava, dibur, and maizim. There are mitzvahs that are dependent in thought, levad. For example, like the reading of the Shema, you're supposed to have kavana. If you had kavana, you were yotze. If you don't have kavana, you're not yotze. Klal. Then there are mitzvahs that are dependent on speech. Like um, brachos. You have to say them. Even if you don't have kavana, you still do the mitzvah. And, all, and then there are mitzvahs that are action. And all of them are makif. You've sanctified us. Sanctified us means you allow us to touch your makif through your mitzvahs. Through the mitzvahs, the kodesh elyon, the supernal holiness, and that which is separate, kodesh kodesh, which is a word onto its own, which means God Himself becomes drawn down into the nefesh. Asher however, we're holding perik beis. But first we have to draw down from up down. However, before we can do start doing mitzvahs, which are, what are the which are as we said before, Tsur Mizgabenu, Mogen Yeshenu, Mizgav Badenu, the three Makifim. In order for that to happen, Hashem first has to be Hashem first has to be accessible. And once he's accessible, then we can take that garment and pull it to our nefesh. Remember, he, he said that in order for God to become accessible, the first has to be what we say, Adoin Uzenu. First we say, You're exalted. You're alone. No one can reach you. But then we say, Adoin Uzenu. You are the, you're the king. Adon is the same like Melech. You're the master. Uzenu, our strength. That means as you are above us, you are strengthening us. That means we're connected to that. Oh, that has to be achieved before we can we can actually take those take the mit, take the godliness and make it part of our garment. Oh, so how do we accomplish that Hashem should lower Himself down into being adoin uzenu, to being reachable by us through our mitzvahs? So for that we have to first have baruch atam melech olam. God has to become melech olam, the King of the world. See, first Hashem has to garb himself. To raise the Nishamas. First, we have to draw him down. And then we can lift ourselves up to that level of God that we have drawn down. 
So how does that work? Because in the doing of mitzvahs, there's two levels in their deed of a mitzvah. One of them, Number one, through doing a mitzvah, you are fulfilling God's will. The king's, the king's decrees. Al-Darech is a similar vatigzar oimer vayakam. He decreed, he said, vayakam, and it was established. Vahabeiz and the second one. That's the, that's, and that's equal by every mitzvah. God said something and he was taken seriously. We listened to him. Vahabeiz ula hamshach oirin soiv baruchu veratz and elyon b'mitzvizu. Shashar sov yisaydasa bahadadei koidesh elyon ashekadishanu b'mitzvizu. The second intention of the mitzvah, number one is the king said, I don't know about infinite light, I don't know about anything. God said something, he decreed, the king has to be listened to. You're getting light, you're not getting light, who cares about light? The mitzvah, God commanded, you do it. That has to be the first kavanah. doesn't make a difference if I'm getting anything, even if I'm not getting anything, who cares what I'm getting? Hashem is the boss, he's the king, he says he should be listened to. Then Hasidus comes along and says, wow, you should know. That when you're doing his will, you know what's hidden, you know what's there in his commandments? In his commandments is his will. And you know what his will is? His will is one with him. And when you do his will, you encircle your soul, you envelop your soul in his, in his will, which is one with him, which means you and him become one. Ooh, wow. Okay, but that's, that's number two. That's stage number two. That's the second thing that comes after you, after the simplicity of simply following his commandments. As he said, the mitzvah is yeah. And that's the idea of Asher Kedishanu. You made us holy. You sanctified us. You married us with your mitzvahs. The beginning of doing a mitzvah should not be with the kavana to draw down the erin seif. Because if you're doing the mitzvah because you want to draw down light, that's about you. It's not about God. And that's not the way a Jew begins. And to draw down the ratzen el why? Because then you're doing the mitzvah, then you're not doing a mitzvah, you're not following a commandment. Then you're doing it because you like it. Then you're doing it like a segula. People do segulas. A segula like, you know, a segula to get rich, a segula to get this. This guy wants a segula to touch the infinite. Okay, nice, but that's not what it's about. A segula is a person does segulot. You know, you say a segula... It's a, it's a segula to carry this uh, herb in your pocket. It's a segula for children. It's a segula, you know, we say it's a, I don't have the right, maybe it means an omen. Like you do certain things, people do a segula for children, a segula for health. So if you're doing a mitzvah because you want infinite light, that's not what it's about. Mitzvahs are about serving God, not about you getting, in, you getting anything, even infinite light. Or you're doing it for health. al marshal. It's like you're doing any other business. You're doing it for your own gain. This is not called service. And the Pasuk says you have to serve Hashem. You have to serve the Ebishter. A mitzvah needs to be done like the service of a servant. Like a servant serves his master. He doesn't do so because he wants to be connected to his master. He knows that he's got to do it because he's got to do it. Because his master said so. Shemekayim, Yisaitis Rabbi, he fulfills the decree of his master, Vitzivuyov, in his commandments, Afgambelitam Badas, even without any reason or any knowledge. Vesayim Tosim Alecha Melech, you put upon the king upon you that you must obey his commandments. Vayadeizem Memeil, Nimshach Memeil, Oirin Seif Baruch. 
And then inevitably the Orin Tzoyf, the infinite line, is going to be drawn on its own. But that's not the Kavana. The Kavana is simply to obey the, the Mitzvah. If you do Mitzvahs only when you're in the mood of light, when you're in the mood of enlightenment, when you're in the mood of an energy flow, when you're in the mood of being spiritual, then what? Without the acceptance of the yoke of heaven, you don't draw down anything. It has to be because I'm a Jew, God commanded, and I do so, because he's the boss. Because that's the fundamental relationship Hashem has with the world, is that he's the king. If we don't acknowledge that, then we don't begin to have a relationship. You have to acknowledge, he's the king, I'm a subject. Now, in the subjects, it's nice that the king also gets intimate with me and close to me. That's wonderful. But it always has to be within the context of a servant-master relationship. You don't draw down anything. This is very powerful stuff we're learning here. When a person does a mitzvah without this basic fundamental understanding that I'm doing the mitzvah because God said so, you're not, all the segulot that the mitzvah has, all those qualities that the mitzvah has, are not activated. It's nothing. And the reason is simply because God is really exalted alone. And therefore, we can't do anything to draw him down. It's only because he decided he wants to be a king over us. And then within that relationship, he says, I allow you to draw my infinite light down to you. But that's after I'm a king upon you. He It's all after Hashem is a melech. And that's the idea. You first have to make him adoin. He has to be your adoin, uzenu. He is, the, he is your master, he is your power, and you're his subject. And now you can go ahead and draw down the makifim as tzur, as we say, magen yeshenu, mizgabadenu, tzur, whatever. Fine, Master Kazim, that part from the cave to the mask, Kim Homer Karheim, Gamma Mokamach, we be a possible holo, and Rome, that's Kurla Shoifer, this bar, Shalakach Nitna Torah, the Kurl Shoifer. On that mimer, he explained the reason why the Torah was given with the blast of a shofar, Shumatul Harada, which casts a dread, the Fisha Kabbalah's oil mitzvah, Tzarech Lius, Pepchenas Avoidas Evet. Even though it's amazing, think about it. By Har Sinai, when God gave the Torah, Jews were melting with love. They were melting, they were dissolving, their souls were expiring with the sweetness of the experience. And yet, God had to scare them so much, terrify them with the sound of the shofar. Why? Because Hashem is saying, and I want you to do my mitzvahs because I command you, because you obey me, because you realize my power. Not because you want to. And therefore, even though now you want to do the mitzvah, but I must remind you that you're doing it because I'm your boss. And that's why Hashem blew the shaifer and all that to scare them. Because it has to be like a servant does it with fear. But shofar also has another meaning. Shapru masechem, which means make your deeds pleasurable. Together with the dread of the shofar also came along the pleasure and the delight. Because God doesn't want to have terrified subjects like a dictator who has terrified subjects. Hashem wants us to know that He's the master, but He also wants us to have a pleasure and a delight in serving Him. So it's together. But if you remove that, and how do you know? Basically, if I'm, if I'm a freelancer in my Yiddishkeit, whenever I have extra time, I just run an errand for God just because I want to be a nice guy, then that doesn't work that way. If I know that Yiddishkeit is, Hashem is my boss. 
then you can have all kinds of spiritual experiences after that. The kavan, the samitz, and then after that you can have the kavan of the mitzvah. Once I'm doing the mitzvah already because God said so, now I know the kavana, which is to draw down light, that's going to add more joy in my mitzvah. It should be so much simcha more than everything. And here's an amazing statement he says over here, that all the hasagas, all the understanding that the great tzaddikim um, conceived, like the Arizal, the Balshemtov. All their understanding, all their madregas, they, they, they had the highest understanding. We wonder how a human being knew what the Arizal knew. How a human being could conceive what the Alter Rebbe knew, what the Balshemtiv knew, what these Tzaddikim knew. How? He says that all came to them because of the joy that they did a mitzvah with. When you do a mitzvah with simcha, with joy, God opens up your neshama and opens up your mind. So he says, Kol the greatest Tzaddikim, Hoyerak Bavur Simcha Samitzvah. Is only because of joy of the mitzvah. 